Tiari. And I'm Allie. Welcome to Mystery, Crime, and Wine. Where we talk about all things mystery, crime, all while drinking wine. Cheers. Hi guys. Hello. It's been a moment again. So sorry. Yeah, we're we're trying to figure it out. So before we start today's episode, um, I kind of wanted to give an update on the Scott Peterson and then like um, stuff. So, as of November 10th of this year, um, he was transferred from San Quentin off of death row. Um, So, there's, I don't know if you guys remember at the end of last episode. um, We can say last week. No one needs to know that it hasn't been a week. (laughs) Last week's episode. (laughs) That was actually probably two weeks ago. I think it was three. We've been busy. I mean, the holidays. So, because we, we recorded when? I don't remember. Me either. <laughs> um, so, the last episode, um, <coughs> the part two of the Lacey Peterson, I told you guys about how there was like a mortu- mortuarium or whatever put in for, so basically over 700 people that were on death row all of that, like, they're not anymore. Yeah, so that so, doesn't exist. Um, they're all getting area. transferred to other prisons or transferred off of death row in San Quentin. So Scott Peterson was transferred from San Quentin to San Mateo, um, I believe it was. Yeah. I so think. he's no longer even, like, eligible for death row, right? He's yeah, just, it's not like, a thing anymore um, in California. So, can he, is, does he have the option, does, so, hello, <laughs> if he's not on death row anymore, does that mean he has, like, does he have life without parole, or can he have parole? So, from what I've been reading, his death sentence was overturned, um, and he is scheduled for resentencing with, um, or he was, oh, it happened already on December 8th. Okay. Um, Literally was, just a couple days ago. Yeah, rescheduled for resentencing um, for life without the possibility of okay. parole. Um, friends and family of Lacey plan to give victim um, impact statements, or did, they did. Um, and he, uh, I can't imagine... That poor, like, those those family and friends that have to, like, relive all that trauma. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure, like, it's a constant feeling of, like, you know, sadness. I mean, I've luckily never have had to grieve anyone, but I can't imagine, you know, you know, because I've been told sometimes you have good days and you have bad days, and then to have to re-up everything that you were feeling during oh. the trial to begin with, and now it's been how long? For sure have to do it all again my mom's really good friend i don't know so i have family that listens to this and like my um mother and sister-in-law listen to this also and i don't know uh i don't know if they know this and joe doesn't really know either because it's not something i talk about but my mom's really good friend um poo um was actually murdered uh it was a long time ago so i was 15, 14 or 15 years old. So, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm about to be 30, so that was 15 years ago. Um, That's so sad. Um, 
It was deemed a suspicious suicide. Oh, that's the fucking worst. Like, uh, call it what the fuck it was. So, well, they can't because the people that were involved fled and they have not since. That's so so upsetting. It's a whole, and like, what's really upsetting, I think, for us is, is it happened um, December 23rd. So, Christmas time is very hard for my mom. And like, her birthday is also really hard for her because his birthday is the day after hers. And so, and they were like, when I say best friends, like this, I grew up with this man as like an uncle to me and, you know, soulmates come in all forms. They're your friends, they're your lovers and things like that. And honestly, I think that was my mom's soulmate and she lost her soulmate. And so so it's really, uh, it is, it's a grieving is a process. Right. So, I mean, my, my aunt died in September but, like, my uncle also died in September four years ago. And still grieving him, mm-hmm. lose her. And so now all it's, like, all just... I also think people realize that, like, and I've learned this in therapy, um, your body holds trauma differently, which is why sometimes you don't understand, like, like, there are certain months or days of the year that are really sad that that can affect you. Even if you were a child and don't remember that memory, your body still remembers. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's insane. So that's... I feel bad for, obviously, your mom, that's so sad, and you. But, like, the family of Peterson, like, Lacey, that's... God, Jesus. Yeah. That's awful. And this other article said that he... So he was resentenced, and this is as of December 8th. Um, but... I think he's going to try and appeal it. Ugh. Um, it's been 19 years. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on it and update frequently because that's, that's interesting. I, that's weird that he's going to try to appeal. I mean, I guess it's not that strange if he says he doesn't didn't do it. I mean, I guess I understand why you'd want to appeal, but... Yeah. It doesn't so, really make much sense to me. Just kind of an appeal. update there that he did get resentenced. He's not in San Quentin anymore. <gasps> Same. Excuse me. So, um, yeah, I think that is all for me. Allie is in charge of this week's episode. Yeah. So, um, so today we're doing Lizzie Borden. Um, mm-hmm. It's really funny because Tiari had all of her notes on like a cute little computer and I have mine... A handwritten on four notes of we are fucking notebook paper. People, and before yeah. I was like training a girl to close, and I was it was like her last day closing, so I had I threw them away, but I had like little like note card, like little note sheets of like yellow paper of just scribbled writing. So I had to like rewrite it so it didn't look so fucking stupid. And I think that that's the funniest thing ever. Sorry. No, you're fine. All right. I'm a whole mood. Would you, we can scoot if you want to scoot. That's, I think that is good. You move whatever you need to. Okay. All right. We'll just center her a little bit. Perfect. So, Lizzie Borden. Um, I kind of have it bullet pointed, so I'll like read a bullet point, talk a bit about it, and then we'll go from there. So, the Lizzie Borden house is actually a bed and breakfast now that you can stay in. Um, and I have looked into it. I really want to stay there for my birthday. So I want to find, because it holds 13 people. So I want to find 13 friends. Um, I don't have 13 friends, but I could, I'm sure we can find 13 people that everyone can get along with and then rent out the bed and breakfast. I want to stay in the John Morris room, which is where you will find out where one of the murders happened. Um, but it is in Riverfall, Massachusetts. 
So I think it'd be really fun to like do like a week in like you know Massachusetts, like Salem and all that fun jazz. Yes. So and this so Lizzie born in the house in River Fall, Massachusetts. Um, the murders there were two of them, were August fourth, eighteen ninety two. So it's kind of a hot minute ago. Um, <laughs> the two murders, one was in the upstairs bedroom, which um was Abby, their stepmom, and then the second murder was in the living room, which always makes me giggle because like. I've always thought living room is such a funny word, and then someone dies in it. Um, so <laughs> it's always been a little comical. I never even thought of that. Uh, her, that was uh, her dad that was killed in the living room. Um, the people that were are involved in this case is obviously Lizzie Borden. Um, she was 32 at the time. She was a Sunday school's teacher, but she also didn't have, like, a great reputation. Um, she was kind of known as, like, a bit of, like, a thief and... Like, an interesting character. I'd say klepto. Like, yeah. she couldn't help herself. She, she like, wasn't a great person, which doesn't really help her case in this murder thing either. Um, she had a sister. Her name was Emma. They were nine years apart, so she was nine years older um, than Lizzie. Then they had... So, Abby Borden, the woman who was murdered, is their stepmom. Um, and Emma and Lizzie are not fans of her, so they would not call her mom or even Abby. They would call her Mrs. Mrs. Borden. So, like, these two girls had zero respect. I mean, they had a maid called Bridget, um, and I will refer to her as Bridget because that is her name. Right. But they would strictly call her Maggie because that was the name of their old housekeeper. housekeeper. So, they're just, like, little bitches. Like, they're not very nice (laughs) kids. (coughs) Um, their mom, their OG mom was Sarah. Um, she's not really brought up in the case too, too, too much. Um, but their dad, Andrew Borden, who was the one that was murdered in the living room, um, he had a lot of money. He was a very, very rich man. But Which is funny. What? I said, which is funny. It's very funny. Because he's so... Like frugal. That frugal. they didn't even have a. They had they had zero running water in their house or electricity. Yeah, like this man like had was, so much money, they and were he was one like of the richest families not. in River Falls, right? Yeah, or the, probably the richest. Mm-hmm. I would. I mean, yeah, they were up there. Yeah, which is insane that they didn't even have a fucking. They had no water or electricity in that house. There is now. So like, if we were to go stay, we would have like, but I think there's only like one bathroom. It's like a communal bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. So like. I, I don't know why I said you. Like, not <laughs> well, I mean, if you think, like, you're sharing it with, if it was just you, that one, you have 12 other strangers that you're sharing the house with. Right. Um. So, yeah, it was, that was, and that's, like, an interesting thing to notice. He did have a lot of money, but he never spent it. Um. And then I always like to throw in John, their uncle, um, because in what I believe happened, he plays a very key part, and a lot of people don't really know about him. I've realized from, like, listening to, like, other podcasts, like, even talking to people, they don't really, he's not He's super... not even mentioned in the movie. Yeah, which is interesting At because, all. so, John Morris is uh, Lizzie and Emma's uncle, but he is their biological mom's brother. So, he is not related to Andrew, yeah. he's not related to Abby by blood in any way, shape, or form, but he is for Lizzie and Emma. Um... And it's strange that he is there during all of this, um, and it's he's important to note uh, because he did, in fact, stay before and after. So he stayed, so like if the murders took place on like a Wednesday, um, I could probably look up when they actually took place, 
We'll say Wednesday for now, but I want if you want to look it up. So like if they were killed on a Wednesday, he stayed Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and Thursday night. Um, and it's also worth noting that he didn't bring an overnight bag. He just kind of like said, "What what's up? I'm here to party." Um, so the, on <laughs> on the day of the murders that took place, um, Emma was allegedly out of town visiting a friend. Um, John, he was in town. He wasn't home, um, or he wasn't, like, at the house, which he never was there anyway. Like, shortly after Sarah, their mom, died, he kind of just, like, went MIA and never really came around. But this specific instance, he was in town. Um, he had plans to go visit a niece, but he said that he would be back around lunchtime. And that's, like, important to note, too, because he had said, like, I'm out of town, but I'll be back for lunch. Um, Lizzie obviously was home. Andrew... Obviously was home because he was murdered, but he did, it is worth noting that he did go out for a morning walk. So when the first murder took place, he wasn't home. He was nowhere to be, he was, he was out strolling through the town. And then Abby and Bridget, they were all home. Um, during the first murder, the only people who were home were Lizzie, Abby, and Bridget. Um, they are able to tell that the murder happened between... 9 and 10.30 a.m. They aren't exactly... It was a Saturday. A Saturday. Sorry. So he's... No, you're fine. So he stayed Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He said, weekend party without an overnight bag. He said, I'm coming for the weekend. What a day. So Saturday... What a sad Saturday. It's supposed to be like, you know, the weekend, prom time Saturday, going out, you know, having a great time, and then you're, you're done. Um, so uh, during Abby's murder, they said it happened between 9 and 10.30 a.m., she was hit with an axe 19 times. That's overkill. The first was in the side of the head. Well, that's death. So when she's down... To <laughs> <laughs> not be laughing. <laughs> so when she's down, she gets hit 17 times in the back. And then for one good measure, it's once between the shoulders. Um, and I watched Glam and Gore's YouTube video on it. And she did a very interesting thing that I want us to do. So, 17 times in the back. You've gotten hit once in the head, you're down, you're dead for sure. For, so, you're lucky if you're alive. Right. Because you got hit with an axe. Because Andrew got hit once in the head. Split his skull. It was... In the... And he was done. So, we're going to count in our heads to 17. 17 seconds starting right now. That's how many, that's how long this person was, or they, everyone says it says it's Lizzie. That's how long Lizzie was going at an axe with an already dead woman. And then did one more in between the shoulder blades for good measure. That's a fucking rage killing. Yeah, that's overkill. I, I mean, mean af- like, anything I feel like after two, One hit or two, one, yeah. Once two you know hits, they're done. Yeah. Like, does that head... One definitely had to have yeah, killed her. I mean, for sure. <clears throat> I mean, head injuries bleed a lot if it's even just, like, a minor. Because, like, I got, when I was younger, I ran into a rocking chair, and I got a big gash in my forehead, um, and it bled, I mean, a lot. Or, like, I cracked, I was, a, oh, my God, I was a reckless kid. I fell off, I was spinning around on something, and I cracked my head open, and my mom had to, like, hold my head together. So I have staples, like, staple marks in the back of my head. 
Um, and then, like, my mom said she was covered in blood from just holding, like, my head together. And, like, I wasn't even close to dying. I was just, you know, an idiot kid. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you get whacked with an axe, you're probably done for. You don't need to go for 17 more hits in the back. So, definitely overkill on... Yes. Um, Lizzie never really said where she was. She said she was just somewhere else. She was just vibing elsewhere in the house or outside or wherever. No one really, like, she just said, like, she wasn't home. Because like she, she wasn't home from the store... Or something like that. No, she was home. She just wasn't anywhere in, like, she wasn't in that room. So she never really, like, she places herself at the murder scene, but it wasn't her. doing the murders. Um, and then Bridget supposedly was out cleaning windows, because that was what they had sent her to do. Um, so that's, you know, the first murder. The second murder is Andrew comes home from his walk. He's a little tired, so he lays down on the couch, as any man or woman, but in his case, old man would, Come home from a walk, you're kind of tired, you're going to take a little nap, screw. So he, he lays down to take his nap, and he gets a whack right in the face, splitting his skull into two. Oh, God. So, but during this murder, still nobody really knows where Lizzie was, because she still is like, God, I don't know where I was, that's so crazy. Hmm. My dad was getting his Who head would have thought? Open, my stepmom's there. upstairs being stabbed in the back with an axe 17 times, my my dad... Went on his little morning stroll and fuck, I don't know where I was. Um, <laughs> but Bridget, this is where it can get a little interesting. Um, and I've looked into some theories of this as well. Bridget was upstairs napping in the attic, which is where her room was. Hmm. So she was home, but she was napping upstairs. So I she was cleaning windows. During Abby's murder. Oh, yes. She was cleaning yes. windows. Because they're like an hour apart, right? Yes. Yeah, a little bit longer. Yeah, I think there wasn't an exact timestamp for Andrew's murder, but I think it'd be safe to say hers was between nine and ten thirty. His was probably between like eleven thirty and and like noon, maybe I would say. Yeah, because he did Um, a morning walk, right? Yeah, he went out in the morning and did his little walk, screw, and then came home and took a little nap. And he uh, took a long nap. Then he wasn't taking a short nap. He took a nap. Nap. He went to sleep. Um, (laughs) I'm. It's the only way I know how to like process these things because <laughs> I can't. He took a forever nap. <laughs> he did. He said, I'm, "I'm, I'm, knocking out." Oh my god! You can't even make like many jokes or like puns about this because it's just so bad. Thank God we made a disclaimer that we just like this is how we deal with things. Split in two. <laughs> right in the fucking noggin. <clears throat> so nobody really knows where Lizzie is. Bridget was napping in her bedroom upstairs in the attic, which is important to note. Because um, we now we know Abby is upstairs dead on the second floor. She's, like, dead. Meaning Bridget was the floor above her. In the attic, yes. So that's an interesting thing to note. That It's, it's very <laughs> strange. See, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was in her room napping in the attic. So you had to go upstairs. Unless, maybe I've never been to the house, so maybe there's a separate way up to the attic that you don't have to take the main stairs. But if you watch Glam and Gore's video as well, um, you can very noticeably tell someone is lying on the floor because there's a gap between the bed where where the bed sits. And, yeah. Yeah, you can push it under the bed and you can see. Anywho, Lizzie unfortunately finds her dad dead on the couch, which, you know, would suck. Um, Abby is found last. So. She's found, like, after, like, yeah. police are even called, right? I believe so. Yeah, they come, they're like, oh shit, look at this man on the couch, split into two. Um... And then they find her. So this is important to note as well. Is So you think with like an axe killing, 
that there would be blood, you know, covering the person, the person, the um, person who did it, especially for, um, yes, Ab- uh, for Abby, right? Yeah, Abby, because mm-hmm. she was whacked seventeen times, just in the back alone. She was actually whacked nineteen times altogether. So one would think there would be some blood on like the dresser or on the side of the bed. Or, you know, maybe, like, on the ceiling or the walls or something like that. Um, there wasn't. It was clean. I mean, clean, clean, clean. Not a spot of blood besides the pool of blood underneath Abby's head. Axing somebody, Mm -hmm. you would have blood spatter. Right. So, which leads me into the kind of, like, who did it weird things theories of, like, people that, like, think that happened. So what's interesting and it is important to note with Abby specifically because obviously there would be no defense wounds with Andrew because he was, you know, in dreamland when he was clocked. Um, Abby, on the other hand, was not sleeping. Um, There were no defense wounds on her. So whoever killed her was someone who was supposed to be home or in the area or someone that she knew. Because obviously you would see them coming upstairs and you'd be like, hey, what's up? Or if it's Lizzie, you'd be like, hey, fuck you, because, like, they didn't get along. So, (laughs) I mean, you're noting their presence. You're seeing it's them. Um, So there were no defense wounds, and like I said before, there was zero blood anywhere. So so then um, you're like, okay, not everyone is going to know how to sanitize and clean up this blood, which is obviously notable. The people who would know how is someone in, like, a medical profession or someone who obviously deals with a lot of blood. Um, Bridget, being a maid, obviously knows how to clean. So there would be someone who would know how to clean up blood. Um, but there was a butcher in the family. And if you're wondering who the butcher was, it was Mr. Yeah. Uncle John was the butcher of the fam bam. So he would also know how to properly clean up blood because that's his you know, his job. <gasps> oh, no, what? Did you look up crime scene photos? Oh, Aren't they insane? God, no. Why did I do that? Yeah, and can you believe that there's no blood around the house? There's not a trail of blood leading from the from Abby to downstairs. There's not blood leading from the couch to literally anywhere. It's a nice house, too. I know. I want the outside is really nice. I know. It's pretty. I mean, it's a beautiful home. <laughs> um, So it's, it's strange that there's no blood leading anywhere. Are these the real furnishes? Yes. So they just... Yep. Shampoo? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just... They cleaned it up real nice. I think there was an owner of the house for, like, a brief moment in between the murders and then the people that own it now. <laughs> Honestly... Uh, it was a doll holding an axe. That's... I don't like that. Why would they do that? Hey, I'm just that. trying to find... I mean, the, I ha- like, steps... Going up? So I can see the... I really I really do enjoy the Lizzie Borden thing because I think it's so interesting. Um, and then I'm also like a big... I believe in the ghosties of the world. Um, and I know I reference Glam and Gore a lot. But... So, um... Here's like the skull of Abby Borden, which you, if you look at her fucking skull and the way she got whacked, that bitch died instantly. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean... If you, so to describe the photos, there's a picture oh, of Abby's skull, hell. and the entire 
circumference of, of the, the side, side is gone. That would be the the temporal and frontal lobe. Yeah, and part I mean, of and even part of the occipital, occipital. Mm-hmm. and it's the mandible, mandible? It, mandible, occipital, temporal. And I mean frontal. that whole side of her skull is gone, and then um, so she was for sure dead after the first hit. Oh wait, occipital would be and oh I'm looking at the wrong one. This one is Andrew's. Yes. This one is Abby's. Abby, yeah. But his is. I mean his his eye was out of socket. I mean it was just dangling when when Ab- Lizzie found him. Then I'll look and see if I can find the stairs too. Because my thought is, is if you're walking up the steps, boop 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 boop. Because if Bridget finished cleaning right the windows, she had to go inside. Because from the pictures I saw, even if she came from the back door, she still has to come through the kitchen, I believe. Mm-hmm. The to go up the steps. And then the room that Abby was in was literally right there. Yeah. I mean, she was up, she was right up the stairs. They have, um, in this book, they have a layout of the house. So you have, um, the cellar. So you have the laundry room, the wood cellar, a keep cellar, another wood cellar, where they would keep the coal. And then they have stairs leading upstairs. And then there's a cellar porch, a pantry, an entry, a dining room. The parlor, a front entry, so there's another way to enter, and from the side, the sitting room, the sofa where Andrew was murdered, mm-hmm. um, a chimney, a kitchen, and then when you go upstairs, you can go into one, two, three, four bedrooms. So, but right up the stairs, which is this one, I believe is where she was murdered. Or was it this one? So you see the stairs turn, if you look from like an aerial view. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's very plausible that Bridget did have something to do with this, um, which my theory is I don't really know if Bridget knew too, too much about it. I think she was kind of just like, oh, no, am I nowhere to be found? We really probably should make an Instagram. Yeah, and upload all these because it, they're gruesome. And then in the house, too, LOL, so funny, they have both skulls in, like, a casing. Um by the couch where he was murdered and then upstairs in the John V. Morris room, the one that I want to stay in, which is where Abby was killed, um, they have on the bedside table the photo of Abby laying in the ground on the ground in a pool of blood underneath her head. <laughs> Kinda weird if you think about it. Yeah, in the rooms, uh, yeah. That's yeah. So creepy. Um before I get more into like like, you know, the the court trial and all this other stuff. Um, a couple things that are worth noting, too, I'll just flip back and forth here, is um, obviously Lizzie was trialed. She was acquitted because they said a woman could not do such a crazy, heinous crime. In retrospect to Lizzie, she was 5'4 and 130 pounds. So she was tiny. But if you think about it, a tiny person can do one whack to the head to knock that whole skull out and then can sit and do 17, 18 more hits. And that would be, make sense as to why there's no defense wounds. But she would be covered in blood because she has no knowledge of proper cleanup for blood. Right. 
The only, I mean, I guess here's my thing. So this is in 1842, right? Um, 1892. 92. Most, like, women back then were not athletic. Right. I mean, it really does make sense that a woman couldn't do this crime, but, like, at the same time, what a cop-out. Could she physically... Right. For, I mean, you know, when you count to 17, that's That's about 30 seconds. I think I... And the axes are heavy. I think I would be tired. I mean, I've split wood with my dad, and after two pieces of wood, I'm like, I'm done, because I'm sore. I don't want to do anymore. I mean, I'm not physically fit, but I feel like even if I was... I feel like it would still be hard. Yeah. Set, like, and then you're not you're not doing it slow because you have to be quick because there's other people in the house. Mm-hmm. There's people around. Um. So and she's five four, which is a, a little bit. It's like an inch. Okay, two and a half inches taller than I am because I'm five two and a half. I'm five three. But sure. Yes. And then she's one hundred and thirty pounds, and that's kind of tiny if you think about it. I mean, that's average. That's for. Yeah, that's average. I mean, I'd say. But everything against her was also all circumstantial evidence. And you, as we know, you can't book someone for circumstantial evidence. You're not supposed to. I mean. It's fucked. But that's how she got off with circumstantial evidence and a woman could never perform such a crime. I feel like circumstantial evidence, then what about Scott Peterson? Exactly. Which is why I'm saying you, you know, it's. I'm not saying that he didn't do it either. No, 100%. But. I'm saying everything against him was circumstantial. Which is, like, something that you're not supposed to, like, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did it correctly. Circumstantial evidence is not hard-proofed evidence. Oh, the lava lamp? I love that thing. Um, so, and then, so we're like, you know, we're like, oh, yeah, Lizzie possibly couldn't have done it because, you know, everything we just talked about. Well, this dumb bitch, the day before that they were murdered on a Friday, she tried to buy cyanide from a pharmacist. Oh, yes, because in the movie, um, she was trying to kill rats, she yes. said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, note if you guys haven't watched the movie, it's with Christina Ricci. It's, it's, I think it's just called Lizzie Borden. Isn't yeah, it? it's pretty, it's a good movie. There's um, a couple, there's a couple there's different a few. ones. So. I got a lot of my information from the one, that book, and then two, Glam and Gord's video. Mm-hmm. Um, is where I got a lot of mine. Her and Spencer. Yeah, they, they stay the, the night house. and stuff, and they well they they film at the house. It's really it's really interesting and intercool to watch. And if you like ghosts, they're ghost hunting, which is kind of more so why I feel like my theory's correct, because I'm dumb. Well, I'm not dumb. I am dumb. Let me not hold on. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> it's also important to note. So she went to buy cyanide, right? Um. Bridget was throwing up the day of the murders in the backyard. And the entire family was really sick leading up the week prior to these murders. But that's, like, not something that you can, like, super harp on because, like, I guess food poisoning was really common. Oh, yeah, they didn't cook their shit properly or store it properly. So everyone being sick could be from food poisoning. Bridget throwing up the day of the murders in the backyard is a little strange. Um... As if she got poisoned to yes. be uh, away from the house. Right. That And that's part of the reason why I don't think that Bridget... Did it? Yeah, because if she's in on it, then, like, why are we killing her? Unless we don't feel like she's trustworthy. Which, you know, they didn't like her, so maybe they didn't. But, um... 
those are interesting things to note. So then what I have too is um, kind of like who did it, conspiracy theories. So that's kind of all the facts. Um, interesting, she did burn the dress that she wore the day of the murder, um, which doesn't help her fucking cause, but there wasn't any blood on it. Like, so that's the thing that that's noting too, is there was no blood on this dress that she had burned. But I feel like, why are you burning this dress? I think she said that it was like a really, she like found her father dead in the dress and she didn't want to be reminded of it. Right. Like, just like, just dumb shit. So, um... There was a lot of other stuff that, like, isn't mentioned in the movie. Um, it isn't really mentioned too much with Glamangor, too. Um, there was a lot of, like, messy shit with inheritance because Andrew did have so much money. Um, he was gonna give the money to Abby. That was, like, who he had signed everything over to. So, obviously, Lizzie and Emma were pissed. And he was like, oh, I'll buy you a house. So, he bought each of his daughters a house and said, here you go. This is yours. Have fun. And they said, no, sis, that's not enough because you're literally loaded and this woman is not our mom. Um, And why is she getting all of our money? Right. So, I mean, there was a lot of that going on. John also wasn't too pumped about that inheritance because, you know, that's kind of disregarding Sarah in all ways, shapes, and forms. Um, So, I think what happened uh, is that Lizzie got pissed called up Uncle John and said, hey, Dad just gave all of this money that he has to this rude girl called um, Abby. Uh, let's let's do something about it. You're a butcher. You know what you're doing. You can clean up blood and help me to make sure that everything is clean. And when she's gone and, that, and he's gone, because look at what he did to us. He was willing to give all of his money away. He thought buying us a house was going to be enough. So that guy's got to go, too. Zero questions. He can't find another wife to, like, give his money money to. to I will give you so much money, and then me and um, Emma are going to split our inheritance. Right. And I I genuinely think that that's what happened. Um, And then it's also strange, and this might just be because they were sisters. Um, There's a part where Lizzie and Emma... They had a big falling out. And in the movie, I think is probably very close to, like, what happened. Um, In the movie, Emma's like, you know, Lizzie, did you do it? After Emma threw and threw back, Lizzie saying she would never, this would never be an option, could never, would never kill anybody. Um, There's a part in the movie where they're sitting down and Emma says, like, Lizzie, you know, what did you do? And Lizzie whispers in Emma's ear, no one knows what's said, but then Emma suddenly leaves and they never speak again. And I do think that is probably something very similar to what happened because they did have a very large falling out and they never spoke again. They didn't see each other, didn't talk to each other. Well, didn't it's like they completely out of state? Yeah. I mean, completely and, like, removed herself from the situation in all aspects. But what's interesting and kind of strange is so they were nine years apart in life, but in death, they were nine days apart. So if Lizzie died on a 10th, Emma died on the 19th, or vice versa. I'm not really sure who died first. All I know is they were nine days apart, which is kind of interesting to to think about. I don't know. But, so no one no one really knows who, in fact, killed Abby. A lot of people obviously will say it's Lizzie. I like to think it's a collaborative deal. Um, because I know, as a woman, 
I like, and I'm not super, super fit, but I don't think I could take an axe 17 times in the back to someone after taking it to the head. And then one, like 19 hits with an axe, because those are heavy. And like nowadays axes, I don't think are as heavy because there's like technology to like make them lighter, like within like the kind of like metal you're using in the axe head or like what kind of like handle you're using. They didn't have that back then, obviously. They had a big wooden thingy and a big metal thingy, and they were just going to town. So, so. Um, Lizzie died on June 1st, 1927. So her sister died the 11th. Because I'm pretty sure that's when they said it was nine days apart. And um, Emma died June 10th. Nineteen twenty-seven. Yeah, they died nine days apart. Isn't that spooky? They're buried by each other. Yeah, it's just kind of sweet if you think about it. They have another sister. What? Alice Esther Borden. I literally have never heard of her. Interesting. I didn't know that. She didn't live for very long. No. Was she Sarah's kid too? Yeah. Okay. 1856 to 1858. I think I did know that. So... Yeah, it was a very short-lived. Um, so what do you, how do you what do you think happened? How do you feel about it now, knowing what you know? I I think I have to agree. The uncle and I just the only thing I don't get with the uncle though is is or I don't know I shouldn't say don't get but like. So Lizzie just calls him up after not seeing him for... And then he says, yeah, I'm coming into town for sure. Like, but I'm going to visit him. How long had her mom been... A long time. You know what I mean? So, like, we're looking at, what, probably 10 plus years? Yeah. I think it was about so, 15. Because how old was Lizzie when her... Young. Dad was killed. Oh, her... she was 32. But when her mom died, she was very young. I think she was like eight. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I think. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think. But I know, like, pictures of them, she was young. She was very, very young. Young enough to form such an opinion that she refuses to call her stepmom Abby, but Mrs. Borden, which I think is wild. Gotta do some math here. So Sarah Borden died in 1863. She took the axe. Oh, Borden took an axe. And gave, gave her, her mother, mother 40, 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, He she gave her father 41. <laughs> this is the nursery rhyme that kids would say while jumping rope. In front of her house. Yep, because the kids are mean. <laughs> and, like, they wouldn't even, they would sing it like a sing song. Like a, Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Ugh. But it wasn't 41 times that it was used. So, you're wrong, children outside of her home, singing about the deaths. Ooh. I don't know. It's all, it's all very strange. It's an unsolved mystery. It probably will forever be an unsolved mystery. I don't think anyone really knows. I mean, no one really knows what happened. Um, if you believe in ghosts... Which, if this isn't even worth mentioning, let me know. But if you believe in ghosts, um, Glam and Gore did, in fact, go there with a spirit box. And 
they do believe that they were able to talk to Abby. Uh, and in the spirit box, it did say that it was John that did it. They had said, like, you know, Abby, who killed you? And it's this very spooky voice that says it was John in a dead space. Um, but it also sounds like there's another part, too, where they say something about killing, and, and it sounds, I hear him, they hear them. And that's kind of where it comes into play of, like, that's where it kind of gets iffy as to who actually, you know, what you believe in, like, the spirit world or whatever. Um... And if it does, if she does say him, which I think she does, it would make sense that she didn't know that Lizzie was in on it. And I do believe that Lizzie did have a lot to do. I think she said, I'm not doing any of the dirty work. You're going to do my dirty work and I'm going to pay you to do it. So at least that's what I think. I don't know. The whole Bridget thing with the stairs in the attic is also all very weird. Um, But they weren't very nice to Bridget either. Clearly they called her Maggie. I just want to know why there was no blood spatter. Because it, someone cleaned it up. But who? John. <laughs> I mean... I, I think John cleaned it up. But, I mean, that is very interesting. I mean, in, the, in a murder like that, and also it's like, messy. I mean, most John, murders are messy. How did he leave the house on the scene? He, he was seen leaving the house. After the murders? No. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. After the murders were One done. One of the other doors. He went out the bath, how baby. How is he not seen, and how? where did his bloody clothes go? I have all the questions. I know. I have a lot of cues, too, because it's weird that it was such a clean crime scene. And it's, like, brushed over in everything that ever talked about with Lizzie Borden. Nobody was, acknowledges I, the fact that the room was not blood-covered. They're, they do say, like, that's the reason, big reason why Lizzie was acquitted, because there wasn't any blood on her. Is because there was no well, blood splatters with her. circumstantial. Right. But, like, where did the blood go? Because you're not, you can't tell me that that was a clean killing. I've never, never seen like Dexter or anything, but I know like you gotta be prepared. I have been told, but like I've, like I've, you know, I've seen other things where like there has been blood splatter, and it does in fact splatter, and it gets everywhere. So you're telling me nobody was covered in blood. Nobody saw a blood covered person leaving the house. I am about to go get a dummy and reenact this. It's interesting to think about, though, that it was so clean. Because you would assume that everything in the house would be blood splat. The couch, like, literally all that was upstairs with Abby was a pool of blood coming from her head. And obviously her blood-covered body. But otherwise, spotless. The house was clean. There was no blood on the ceiling. There was no blood anywhere. Which, I suppose, if you're going to... If you have someone that knows how to use an axe, as a butcher would, or even like a very sharp knife, as a butcher would, they can do that cleanly. Because they know how to minimize blood splatter. They know where they have to hit. There literally is no blood splatter. Mm-hmm. It's all very clean. In all the crime photos you see, everything is clean, except for the bodies of the people that are killed. Excuse me. So, food for thought. I don't know. I think people think... Lizzie did it. I think she for sure did, but I don't think she did the did the dirty work of it all. I think John did. He'll ne- yeah. Was never never even looked at as a suspect during the whole trial. People forget he existed. So that is the Lizzie Borden case. Take with it as you will. It's one of my favorite ones because I love unsolved mysteries like that. I think they're so fun. And there's just so much. And it's so crazy because if you think about it and you look at John, it just makes sense that it was John. Right. Like, it doesn't make sense. I don't know. 
It's interesting. I, I mean, I just have so many. Obviously, on they're gonna be unanswered. Yep, they'll never, you'll never have an answer, which sucks. But I would like someone to read. Not obviously, I don't. Want, okay, hold on. I would like someone to have dummies and reenact this because I would like to see how it would be done. Oh, I think we could. Like, I want it to be reenacted. Obviously, not with real people. No, I, but I would, think we could. I would like to know how messy that would well, actually we need be. We to, one, find out how tall John was, how big yeah. he was. And then, obviously, we know how big Lizzie was. So, you could read. Oh, I could read. I mean, I'm a little bit heavier than Lizzie, but. We could do it. I mean, I think. Five, four hundred and thirty pounds. I probably have the strength of a five, four hundred and thirty pound woman. <laughs> I don't know, there ain't much there. I'm pretty fucking weak. And not even, like, not having, like, the muscle strength. It's just, that's tiring. That's so tiring. But, I don't know. Take with it as you will. And it sucks because you can't even look into it to have other answers because this is all that I know. This is all that anyone knows. But you guys really should look into, um, the, the, the stories, the movies, um, I got a book at Barnes & Noble. It's called The Trial of Lizzie Borden. It has crime scene photos in it. Um, it explains a lot. Otherwise, like I said, Riverfall, Massachusetts, you can go in and you can pick any room you want to stay in. You can stay in the John B. Morris room. Obviously, that's the one I want to stay in. You can stay in Lizzie's room, Abby's room, um, Emma's room, Bridget. Bridget, upstairs, the attic. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch. And uh, they do a tour. It's like a two-hour tour. Of the rooms of the entire house where they tell, they explain the history of it, which I think would be fun to get on recording because I think they let you record. I mean, I would assume they would, but we should play the song. Full send. Do you have it? I do. Perfect. That's how we'll end it. So, uh, I think we're doing abducted in plain sight next. I don't actually know, but it's a thought. Okay, that's really creepy. Okay, perfect. That's how we're leaving you. We'll see you hopefully next week. If not. We'll see you soon. <laughs> Give me one. We'll see you at some point. Enjoy that. I'm not editing that at night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh well, God. we'll catch you later. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>